Hello, and welcome to Drafting Dots, the new podcast from AIA New Hampshire. This is our very first episode that we have for you today, and it is a place that you can find out about local New Hampshire happenings in the architecture and construction world. Um, We're excited for you to be listening with us and hope that you like it. Please feel free to go ahead and leave us comments and reviews wherever it is that you're listening from, or go ahead and get in touch with us via email, draftingdots at aianh.org. So let's go ahead and uh, give you a rundown of what we got for you this first episode. Um, We have an interview with Alyssa Murphy, who is the editor of the AIA New Hampshire publication Forum Magazine. It's a quarterly publication um, that spotlights architecture, news, and projects in the area. Um, So we'll have an interview with her that we did back in March, and then we'll give you a rundown of some of the new uh, and exciting news that we have uh, for AIA New Hampshire coming up for this next year as we uh, transition out of the pandemic and into a bright and better future. Alyssa and her husband, Brian, run Placework Studio in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Uh, Alyssa is also the founding editor of The Forum Magazine, which is AIA New Hampshire's quarterly publication. Uh, Alyssa, you are a past member of the AIA New Hampshire board, and you're serving all the way up as president. Was that two years ago now? Uh, yep, I think I was president in 2018, past president last the last two years. Yep. Well, thank you for joining us, Alyssa, and uh, taking the time out of your day. I know everyone's pretty busy these days. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Um, So let's dive in with a little bit of stuff on the forum. So each year you guys set an overall theme for the forum. Um, So what do you guys have in store for this year? Sure. Yeah, we it's a quarterly publication and we like to put themes out there just so that we can organize the content a little bit and inspire people to raise up some of the projects that they have completed that might fit well with the theme. So this year, um, our editorial board met and we felt like an appropriate theme was nourishment. Um, Because I think over the past year's worth of pandemic, we've all looked at different ways to sort of nourish ourselves and find different uh, different ways to nourish our practices through some tumultuous times. So the theme of nourishment is gonna be broken out into physical nourishment, food, and then food for thoughts and food for the spirit. And those are our three themes that's rounded out with the fourth, which is always the awards issue, which we will happily still be doing this summer. Great. Um, So there's a lot of content that gets generated and goes into each of the forum episodes. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what the editorial process is, like how you guys pick and choose content that fits into your themes? Sure, yeah. We have an editorial board that is made up of um, community members. It's really great. It's an AIA board member, but also people who volunteered. Um, Robin LeBlanc is the executive director of Plan New Hampshire. We've had people from the Preservation Alliance and other organizations who are allied, who have a broad view of what's going on in New Hampshire. And so we meet quarterly and discuss the theme and really try to brainstorm what what projects we know and we put solicitations out. We really exist to raise up and promote the work of our members, um, also inform our members, but 
getting the word out on we want your project <laughs> is really something we are we are continually um, trying to promote because that is our goal to show what's being done in New Hampshire, what's great about architecture in New Hampshire, and um, share it among us and with the general public. So we brainstorm, we reach out, we connect um, projects with writers, we have professional writing staff that helps us out, um, and that is how we do it. Tracy, feel free to jump in with any kind of follow-up questions oh, or yes, anything you indeed. want, like as you as we go. Okay. Um, so, Alyssa, we met uh, several years ago now, and we were first talking about how you came into architecture, how you found architecture as a as a profession. Um, it wasn't your first choice, as as I recall. Tell us a little <laughs> bit about how you how you came, how you got here. Yeah, that's true. It, it's not that it wasn't my first choice. It was it's just that I didn't have a choice for, for a profession. I was an English major as an undergrad and a Spanish major and uh, really liked literature. And that is where my interests lay. Um, so it wasn't until later in my 20s after I'd uh, graduated from college and moved to New York City that I really got interested in architecture. And the, one of the main reasons I chose to go to architecture school was literally, it was something I knew almost nothing about. <laughs> I, was really, I wanted a career that would continue to be challenging and sort of lifelong learning. And that, in that respect, I made a really great choice because that's certainly the case. Um, and I did sort of go back to graduate school in my mid twenties, um, making a conscious choice to pursue this profession coming from a, a really different background, which was great meeting the people in school who had, you know, extensive experience working or extensive experience studying. I had a completely different experience. And um, I think it was a great mix of learning, learning from each other. And um, I think I approached things slightly differently than someone who might have come sort of through a more direct path <laughs> now in our practice so yeah so on on that note and uh in light of today being international women's day mm. um do, do you have a kind of a, a look back perspective of how it what challenges or perhaps opportunities have been unique um on your path uh by being by being a woman a woman in what is essentially a men's world yeah, it's funny that you asked that. Looking back, when I got into architecture and when I chose to pursue it as a career, I had no idea <laughs> that that was the case. You know, I didn't realize um, that that was the case. I didn't realize that even today, only 16% of um, architects nationally and in New Hampshire are women. It's really um, a very lopsided profession. And I didn't, um, had I known that, I'm, I might have been deterred, but luckily I was not. I think architecture schools are still very much 50-50, um, but women drop out of the profession for various reasons. And um, I've been really interested in the last couple of years in looking into what those reasons are and the work that AIA National has done on equity and inclusion and changing the profession to make it, to identify the reasons why women leave the profession and um, trying to break down those barriers. So 
luckily I joined a firm in New York that was very supportive and wonderful and woman-led. Um, my mentor, Judy Edelman, was she became licensed in the 30, 40s, I believe, um, you know, a real pioneer woman in the field. And so I did have that to to look up to and, um, you know, just be un undaunted. So we mentioned that you were AI in New Hampshire uh, board president, and you know you seem to be pretty active in the architecture community. Um, are you kind of following up some of that research and stuff that you're looking into in terms of women in architecture with um, anything going around in the New Hampshire or New England uh, educational realms um, in terms of promoting women getting into the profession or um, just seeing where that next generation of leaders might be coming from. Yeah, that's a real challenge. I think in our practice, we um, have had several high school and college interns or visitors. I think education, like the, the high school level is where people need to be reached. We don't have any architecture, accredited uh, architecture degrees in New Hampshire, even though we do have a great program at Keene State, um, it's not an accredited program. And really, in in all of New England, it's definitely a, a dearth where it's, it's a hard thing to draw architects in general to this area, much less um, women in the profession. So I think reaching out at the high school level is really the, the place to start. We have kids in high school that gives us a you know an in there, and that's where we've been acting recently. Um, but I do think AI in New Hampshire could do more. I think it's been an aspiration and we need to sort of get back to that as take that on as a responsibility, the architects in the state to promote the next generation because we are an aging state and we are an aging profession and that's not, um, not great. We're going to have significant challenges and opportunities, I think, in our, in New Hampshire in years to come as demographics shift as we are, um, you know, our demographics shift due to climate migration. New Hampshire is going to need to embrace density in order to preserve its rural character. There's, there are just many, many issues that need a, need a new generation of, of architects to address. So you mentioned that you went to school in, in New York City and you, you stayed there right afterwards. Um, so tell us a little bit about the challenges you saw in working in New York and um, and then what you saw when you, you came up to New England and New Hampshire. Mm, yeah, actually, I, I went to school in Vermont mm. and Philadelphia, but but moved back to New York um, because I, I love the city. And I work for a great firm there that did uh, a lot of work in supportive and affordable housing. So that is where I spent 10 years working in the affordable housing realm. And when um, Brian and I decided to move to New Hampshire for personal reasons, because we really liked it here, I thought, okay, I work in housing and that's what I'll continue to do here in New Hampshire. And when I moved here, <laughs> I realized, uh, there's just not the same infrastructure of develop nonprofit developers for supportive housing. We are a completely different landscape, and that's a huge uh, hurdle. I think it's a detriment to to New Hampshire that there is not has not been the history of nonprofit development of housing, and it's it's affecting us now. We have a huge housing shortage, 
and um, yeah, so that was one of the one of the main differences is just I I really shifted my practice away from housing because um, there wasn't necessarily the opportunity, but we're building that now. I think trying to encourage communities to change the way they think about um, sort of traditional ideas on zoning and um, and housing policy. Is that but it's a it's a long road. And so you mentioned that you really like New Hampshire. You guys came up here for personal reasons. What made you settle on Portsmouth? Oh, yeah. Um, well, I have family that lived up in the Lakes region and spent summers there and really, you know, love that area of the state. But Portsmouth is... Um, so culturally rich and i think coming from the city we didn't own a car the idea of walkability and living where we work was extremely important and being able to live you know we live a mile from where our office is now and our kids walk to school and that was really the ideal balance between an urban environment and also all the natural resources that are around i think you know that's maybe what everybody says about Portsmouth. It's got a little bit of, of everything and that, uh, that was really important. So what are some of the, uh, what are some of the genres of architecture that you guys focus on it? And what would you say your favorite is? Favorite? Well, it's really, you know, I approach practice and I would say place work approaches practice through the lens of people. It's the, it's the experience of people. And so we say that we focus on community architecture that can be schools, that can be community centers, um, libraries or housing, but it really is to do with what is the experience of the, the, the person and the community who is interacting this? How does the place develop? How does it influence the way people act and feel? Um, and their health. So um, I can't say that I necessarily have a favorite building type, but something that has an impact on on community life is really what gets me excited. It's what gets our, our practice excited and what we're looking to uh, looking to influence. I know that um, stems from or uh, manifests itself in the recent name change of your firm to place work and uh, it's it's very exciting to see uh, firms uh, really focusing on kind of a mission a greater mission that uh, reaches out and and you guys have have done that eloquently and uh, I, I look forward to seeing more of of how that um, becomes real in the built world Great, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, our our name change away from a firm that was named for the principles towards something that really evokes um, the work that we do, but also is inclusive of our whole team was really important to us to say this is this is the work of all of us, and it's um, yeah, that was an important shift in our thinking and hopefully in the way we're we're perceived and the the work that we're able to do. All right, last question for you for the day. Um, what would you say your favorite piece of New Hampshire architecture is? Whoa, favorite piece of New Hampshire architecture. Um, that's tough. <laughs> Just, 
that is tough. Um, yeah, I I could fall back on uh, the Khan Library because um, I, our daughter's a student at Exeter now and has spent the last six months in that library because she's not allowed to go anywhere else. So it's become a home away from home. And uh, as Penn students, Khan was uh, pretty drilled into our drilled into our heads. So living near that building was an ex was exciting. Moving here, but um, you know. Otherwise, I think New Hampshire has a long way to go in creating inspiring architecture. <laughs> I think, um, you know, we've got great history and great mill buildings and though I would say maybe those are my favorite pieces of New Hampshire architecture, um, but that we have a, a lot of opportunity in defining what the future of New Hampshire architecture is. There's nothing you can say when you say, oh, New Hampshire, that's this um you know style or that evokes um i think it's yet to be defined and that's that's interesting and exciting to me well thank you for taking the time today and we'll hope to catch up with you um you know every so often throughout the year find out the latest on the forum episodes and and what's happening um best yeah. of luck and and hope you stay busy definitely that'd be great Thank, Thank you. you so much, Alyssa. Thank you both. Again, that was Alyssa Murphy, the editor of the Forum Magazine, which is the AIA NH quarterly publication. If you would like to check out that magazine or look at archived issues, go ahead and check out our website, AIANH.org. Speaking of the website, uh, in the near future, or as you're listening to this, it might already be live. The uh, new website will be launching soon. In other new web-related news, um, our Facebook and Instagram pages have been reactivated. We are trying to have more of a social presence um, on those, so feel free to check those out. Get in touch with us via Facebook or Instagram. Comments, likes, uh, any messages you have. And feel free to reach out directly to us on draftingdots at AIANH.org if you have any questions or any uh, content that you'd like us to focus on or spotlight in the next coming episodes. Also in AIA New Hampshire news, uh, the awards were announced uh, last month and you can check out the awards videos um, on the website the announcement is up and i believe we'll have uh, project specific videos coming up shortly as well for our uh, next episode we're going to be hearing from our emerging professionals and our associate directors um, on some upcoming stuff that they have uh, they are focusing on for this year um, we'll also get some updates from Mike Petrovic, who is the president-elect and is overseeing the uh, programming and events committee uh, for this year. So he's going to be working on getting us all of the great events coming back as we uh, transition back into our kind of regular programming, a little less digital and, you know, maybe a little more in-person. 
If you'd like to get involved with AIA New Hampshire, please reach out to us via the website or Facebook. Um, you can get in touch with the executive director, Bonnie, and she can put you in touch with who you should talk to for the various subcommittees. We are always looking forward to new and good volunteers. So this is a unsponsored episode, but we'll be looking for sponsors for the podca- for the podcast uh, going forward. If you are interested in that, um, looking for some good extra exposure for your company or firm. Um, this podcast episode was made possible by AI in New Hampshire, the outreach committee, which is chaired by Tracy Kozak and the executive director, Bonnie Castell. And a special thanks to Jake White for providing the music for us. Uh, Look forward to hearing from you and we'll catch you on our next episode.